Backman Turner Overdrive, mates. And you ain't seen nothing yet. So the cure on the theme of uh, titles of songs that don't actually appear in the lyrics of the song themselves, itself, and uh, in between days. Now, we've been banging on about Wordle. I'm absolutely hooked. Have you done it yet today? I've tried. No, I failed. You failed completely. completely. Yeah. It, was, it, was mm. dic- it was difficult today, although I see my daughter got it in four. She keep lies, so. Uh, Wordle, the deceptively simple online word puzzle, has had a meteoric rise since its launch last autumn, from 90 daily players in November to 300,000 at the beginning of January uh, to 2 million last weekend. Uh, But it's for a creator, the game's rapid success has resulted in much anxiety. Uh, The game game has become an unexpected grassroots hit for Josh Wardle, who developed it for his puzzle-loving partner. The pair played it for fun on their sofa and other users slowly began to join them. Every day there's a new word to guess and players just get six chances to identify it. Uh, Wordle's popularity is thought to be partly because in an era of apps aggressively competing for your attention, uh, the game is deliberately built to be played once a day and without features designed to promote its growth such as push notifications and email sign-ups. Uh, as its popularity has snowballed on social media, uh, Wardle, who's a software engineer based in Brooklyn, uh, has begun to feel overwhelmed by the response. Uh, going viral doesn't feel great, to be honest, he said. I feel a sense of responsibility for the players. I feel I really owe it to them to keep things running and make sure everything's working correctly. Uh, but he does take comfort in the knowledge that his game has brought joy to people at a difficult time. I get emails from people who say things like, hey, we can't see our parents due to COVID at the moment, but we share our Wordle results each day. Uh, during this weird situation, it's a way for people to connect in a low-effort, low-friction way. Uh, the game really took off when one user in New Zealand uh, displayed her results in a sequence of emojis on Twitter, prompting Wardle to build a function that would allow users to share theirs more easily in a visually appealing Rubik's Cube-style grid configuration. Well, yesterday's answer was favour. The American spelling of the word, F-A-V-O-R, and I know that stumps a lot of people, but uh, yeah, well he, he is from Brooklyn, but originally from Wales, so he should know better. <laughs> but so we'll have to take the nuances of American English as well, but it won't be long before somebody's put a French version up, surely. Well, yeah, you'd have thought so, maybe. Yeah. Why not? Good in go, French. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's his idea. <laughs> I could suggest it to him, I suppose. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. Uh, Let's start with the London Times. Boris Johnson defied calls last night for his resignation over lockdown passes in Downing Street as the Tories fell to their lowest poll rating against Labour in almost a decade. The Prime Minister apologised to the public for the rage they feel over the allegations as he admitted attending an event in the Number 10 Garden in May 2020. Within minutes of delivering a heartfelt apology to the Commons for attending a drinks event in the Garden Number 10 during the first lockdown, uh, Johnson had a somewhat different message for Tory MPs in the tea room. And on the front page of Le Mans this morning, France's Minister of National Education has come under attack uh, at the National Assembly and the Senate for his handling of the health protocol in French schools. Uh, teachers have called for strike action today, with unions saying that up to 75% of primary school teachers will be taking action. Uh, parents are complaining of a shambolic system, and as teachers co- uh, complain that they are given instructions uh, less than 24 hours. And uh, from the USA Today, two Republican senators attacked top Justice Department and FBI officials on Tuesday over whether a mysterious protester last January the 6th was actually a US government informant who incited rioting at the Capitol as part of a conspiracy-laden false flag operation. The news is next. 
The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco, and JPV Fréjus. The Full English Breakfast Show, and Thursdays amongst us. Certainly is, Thursday's quiz. Haven't done very well this week. You did okay, it was yesterday it went a bit downhill. Half out of three. <laughs> Question number one, on this day in 1984, which Radio 1 DJ announced a ban on Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, called it Obscene. A BBC television ban also followed. The song went on to become a UK number one and spent a total of 48 weeks in the UK chart. Was it Mike Reed? It was. Whenever he stayed in the Lysett household, we got treated to a cooked breakfast. And did you play Relax to him? <laughs> I certainly didn't. <laughs> well done. Question number two. On this day in 2016, which two Ed Sheeran songs oh, entered gosh. the UK charts at number one and number two, respectively? Photograph... No. No, oh, I don't know. No idea. Come Sorry. on. No, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Shape of You and Castle on the Hill. Can't remember how either of them go. And finally, to do with the theme of Feel Good Friday, this song is a song which has a title which isn't included in the lyrics. It was released by a British rock band in 1997. The lyrics did, however, include the following. I get knocked down, but I get up Chumba again. Wumba. Yes. Right. You You're never going to keep me down. Um... Is that what it's called? No, it's called Tub Thumping. Tub Thumping. Tub Thumping, yes. Mm. Not in the lyrics. No. No. But it's... Uh, uh, I, I actually, I think, I think it might be right just to the end. <laughs> You're making it up now. No, I don't know. <laughs> Ask John Prescott, he knows. Riviera Radio. Business. Good morning. Good morning. How are we today? Very well, thank you. Not too bad. Making my way through the week uh, in good fashion. Yeah, yeah. Feeling better than Boris Johnson, then, are you today? Uh, one would suspect so. It was a, a bruising uh, encounter, of course, at Prime Minister's Questions time yesterday. It's a, it's a great tradition, that, isn't it? There's nowhere to hide. It's a, you remember Tony Blair talking about PMQ, saying uh, he dreaded it. I think that's when it was twice a week, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you can sort of duck the media interviews and you can stay away from the cameras, but the reality is PMQs is... Uh, will always be hanging over you when you're leading the government. I thought for Boris Johnson, basically he had three options. Yes, they could <laughs> apologise. He could say it wasn't a party. And thirdly, he could say that he can't preempt the outcome of the official inquiry. In he the end, he probably went for, a, exactly, went for a mixture of all of those, decided the cocktail was probably the best option to go for. So, uh, yeah, pressure is, uh, is building... How hard, how, how how intense that pressure is is probably a little bit debatable, to be honest with you. Some mild support from colleagues starting to <laughs> trickle out, but it's not exactly the um, the, uh, the the lining up of uh, Conservative colleagues to uh, to defend the Prime Minister. Perhaps he hoped for. Where was Dishy Rishi? Well, he did come out. I think he was uh, was he in some. He was he was certainly away, but he did come out <laughs> with a a tweet sort of late in the day. Now the um, the media suggested that was a little bit lukewarm, to be honest with you. But uh, there we go. And I couldn't help having a smile at Theresa May sitting uh, sort of a couple of rows back, having a quiet smile to herself behind her mask. 
But yeah, there was a few commentators suggesting that Theresa May was uh, was uh, watching the proceedings with a certain amount of joy. Yeah, I wonder if she sent a letter into the 1922 committee. <laughs> yeah, so that's quite an interesting thing, isn't it? The process now. So in order for Boris Johnson to go, clearly he could resign. You know, it doesn't look like that's on the cards at this stage. The party could push him out or push him into a re-election, I, I suppose, a situation that's driven by letters to the 1922 committee or perhaps you'd have to wait for a general election and if and when the the, the public decide that he shouldn't be uh, the prime minister or the conservative shouldn't be the party of power so there's a uh, there's still some ways to go in terms of resolving this yeah i'm not quite sure that i like the idea and this goes for the labor party as well of you know a couple of hundred thousand people choosing the country's next prime minister because they got fed up with the original prime minister i think there should be a general election but uh, it doesn't work like that in the uk no, it really doesn't. That's uh, the party politics that we play out here. OK, uh, markets, uh, Wall Street so was quite buoyant despite those terrible headline inflation numbers. Yeah, markets in the Federal Reserve were bracing themselves for another red-hot US inflation print, and that's exactly what we got. Consumer price index surged to 7% in December. That's the largest annual gain since June 1982. To remind you of uh, June 1982, E.T. apparently was top of the box office and come on Eileen was number one. So it puts it in some sort of context how far back you have to go. Month on month inflation rose half of 1%, which was a uh, deceleration actually from the increase registered in November. So, so perhaps some good news there. If you look at core inflation, certainly seems perhaps more important by economists. It strips out some of those volatile elements, things like food and the fuel components. Rose 5.5% from a year earlier, but that was still the biggest advance since 1991. CPI has been driven by higher by a range of factors, including rising housing and used car prices. Food costs also contributed to the increase in price pressures. Although energy, which has been a strong driver of inflationary pressures, last year eased in December, in fact, marking its first decline since April as gasoline prices in the United States fell over the month. With inflation at multi-decade highs, unemployment below 4%, there appears few obstacles stopping the Federal Reserve from hiking rates in March. And actually, if you look at market pricing, they're now suggesting there's a 90% chance that they'll do that. Following the conclusion of the asset purchase program, in terms of the outlook for inflation now, expect US inflation to peak at 7.4% year on year in February. But actually, the narrative should change as we go through certainly the second half of the year where you'd expect inflation to moderate in the United States. In fact, by year end, excuse me, we got CPI down to 2.5% year on year, partly weighed down by base effects and averaging something closer to 3% during the course of next year. So you could start to see some changes coming through there. In terms of markets, well, they were anticipating this elevated print. So as you say, it wasn't the dramatic reaction perhaps you'd once expect. S&P 500, for example, was up three tenths, one percent. NASDAQ was up two tenths, one percent. Bond market reaction was muted as well. We have seen some moves in bond yields since the start of the year. We should remember 10-year Treasury yield finished at 1.72%. Opening calls on the European bourses. Looking a little bit to the downside this morning, it has to be said. Currently calling FTSE down 11 points. That's over in Frankfurt, down 33 points. Catcorn in Paris, off 21 points. Marks and Spencers are releasing results today. 
Yes, we've had those in the past 15 minutes. Actually pulling a decent set of numbers. We haven't said that for a while. Well, perhaps we said it a little bit last quarter, but certainly gaining on some of that momentum after years, if not decades of underperformance. Reporting an 18.5% year-on-year increase in revenue for the final quarter of last year. Total UK sales were up 13%. Seeing stronger demand for food, which was up 12%. That's been helped by its partnership with Ocado. Food registered, they said its highest ever Christmas sales. M&S clothing business appears to have turned a corner after years of underperformance. Full price apparel sales increased by 45%, the second consecutive quarter of growth that we've seen from that division. M&S has raised its full year profit guidance this morning, saying they'll make at least £500 million during the course of the year. M&S shares actually been a good performer over the course of the past year, up 90%. Foreign exchanges, please. We've got the pound against the dollar coming in at 137 this morning. Euro dollar coming in at 114. You get around 1 euro 20 cents for your British pound this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Speak to you in the morning, Hank Potts from Barclays. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lysa has the top stories across the Riviera. According to unions, 75% of primary school teachers will be on strike today in protest against the government's management of the health protocol for COVID in French schools. While primary education teachers announced the strike action last week, it's not known how middle and high schools will be affected as teachers in these establishments are not required to give prior notice to, on the intention to strike. And many high school students are also expected to sit their mock baccalaureate exams starting today and tomorrow. Concerning the obligation to maintain a minimum reception service in primary education despite class closure, it's also unclear how this will be maintained due to the COVID outbreak and lack of staff, as some local councils have announced that the minimum service will be reserved for priority parents, such as health workers. Meanwhile, as the Senate examines the bill this week proposed by the French government to change the health pass into a vaccination pass, Wednesday saw many changes made to the original text. As a result, discussions are to be taken place today between MPs and senators in order to reach an agreement. Changes to the text from the Senate include introducing a threshold of 10,000 hospitalised patients. This means that the vaccination pass could only be imposed when the number of hospitalisations related to COVID is greater than 10,000 patients on a national level and would systematically be void below this threshold. However, when the number is above the threshold, the vaccination pass could be an obligation in departments in France where the full vaccination rate is less than 80% of the population or where there is a high COVID instant rate. Another change would see the vaccination pass become an obligation to people over 18 years of age and not 12 years old, as proposed by the government. Those between the ages of 12 and 17 could present a simple health pass. Concerning the authorisation of vaccination for children, the Senate voted in favour of a single parent's authorisation for 5 to 11-year-olds, as is already the case for 12 to 15-year-olds. Finally, they voted against the possibility of fining business owners of bars, cafes and restaurants, which require the pass for failing to check the ID of a pass holder. 
In other news this Thursday morning, a 65-year-old man has died after being crushed, crushed by a winch in the port of Montjuïc. Uh, the man was at the time accompanying a boat owner on Wednesday afternoon when the fatal accident occurred. According to initial reports from the police, the two men allegedly entered the shipyard without signalling themselves to the, at the entrance, while a driver was in the middle of a manoeuvre and did not see them. Uh, the investigation continues. Plus, Garibaldi in Nice has been plunged into darkness on Wednesday evening following a power cut. The incident occurred shortly after 7.30pm after a fire broke out in a public electricity distribution substation. Enedis engineers intervened to cut off the electricity as a safety measure. The fire was brought under control. 5,000 customers were, however, deprived of electricity at the peak of the intervention. French supermarket chain Leclerc has faced strong criticism from farmers to bakers following its launch of the €29 Euro centime baguette. Outrage spread across the industry on Wednesday. Following the launch, Michel-Edouard Leclerc had announced a plan to block the price of the baguette for at least four months in the name of defending the purchasing power of the French. A restaurant in the Tarn region has challenged its customers to have a meal without looking at their mobile phone. Should they succeed, then a drink is offered on the house. As part of No Phone January, the restaurant requires that customers leave their mobile devices in a small basket placed on their table. Speaking to local media, the restaurant owner said there are three types of customers. Those who find the idea great and participate straight away. Those who refuse and then those who require a few minutes before putting their phone in the basket. Finally, relax as Nice has appeared in sixth place in a, the list of the least stressful cities in France. The city of Angers in the northwest took first place in the list published by the newspaper Le Figaro and which featured the 20 largest cities in France. A variety of criteria were used to compile the list, including road noise, traffic jams, travel time between home and work, population density, sunshine and online activity. Riviera Radio, Sports News. I got it, I got it. Well done. Five goes this morning, it took me. Wordle. More about Wordle a bit later on, actually. Tennis, the draw for the Australian Open has been made, despite the shenanigans surrounding Novak Djokovic. Uh, he's been drawn against fellow Serb Nimor Kamanovic. Uh, the US Open champion Emma Raducanu, who's seeded 17th, faces the world number 68, Sloane Stephens. Uh, the Australian Open is the first Grand Slam of the 2022 season and starts at Melbourne Park on Monday. And we're still waiting about that uh, decision on Djokovic from the Australian Federal Immigration Minister Alex Hawke. Uh, should be out, uh, well, shortly, I think. Football Chelsea are through to the final of the English League Cup after beating Spurs 1-0 on the night at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to take the two-legged semi-final 3-0 on Agrits. Can we play you every week? There was also one game in the English Premier League last night and West Ham are up to fourth. Here are the details from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Andy Barwell at the BBC Sports Centre. West Ham United have gone top four in the table thanks to a 2-0 win attempt to the bottom club, Norwich. Jared Bowen scored twice, the opener coming on 42 minutes, the second seven minutes from time. The former West Ham defender, James Collins, liked what he saw from his old club. It was comfortable without being a, a classic. It was quite a slow tempo early on and uh, sort of almost like a, I described it as a testimonial really in the first half. It was sort of both teams having possession without really going forward but West Ham just showed that little bit more quality in the in the attacking third and 
and deserved it in the end. You know, uh, Gerard Bowen probably could have had three or four, you know, even more goals tonight, as West Ham could have. But, um, yeah, worrying times for Norwich. They've come to West Ham sort of having, you know, like I said, kept the ball, but they're not going to win games, just keeping possession. And they've, um, they haven't really threatened West Ham going forward. And, like I said, if you're a Norwich fan, it is, it is worrying times. Chelsea are through to the English Football League Cup final. They were 1-0 winners away at London rivals Spurs through Antonio Rudiger for a 3-0 overall success. Liverpool are at home to Arsenal on Thursday in the first leg of the other semi-final. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp says he is not concerned by striker Mohamed Salah, claiming he's not asking for crazy stuff in ongoing contract negotiations. I'm very positive about it, but I don't think it makes sense that you speak on behalf of the fans because um, I'm pretty sure the fans are not as, as nervous as you are. They know the club pretty long and know the people dealing here with the different things pretty long. So um, I think enough reason for being positive, but as long as it's not done, nothing is, we can't say anything about it, but uh, good, good conversations. That's what I can say. And for more football news on the BBC, go to bbc.com slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Liverpool against Arsenal, confidence nights? I don't know. Mm. You don't know? I don't know. It's Arsenal. Anything can happen. Mm. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, cricket, Ben Stokes and Johnny Bairstow could play as specialist batsmen for England in the final test against Australia in Hobart, which starts tonight, or in the early hours of tomorrow morning for us. Uh, Stokes picks up a side strain in the fourth test and is unlikely to bowl, while Bairstow was hit on the hand during his first innings century. Australia have an unassailable 3-0 lead in the five-match series heading into the game. And India are on top in the third test against South Africa in Cape Town following a batting collapse by the home side on day two. South Africa were dismissed for 210 in reply to England's 223. At stumps, the tourists had reached 57 for two in their second innings, a lead of 70 runs. The three-match series is tied at one all. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Admiral in Navarre. The general situation is high pressure, 1,030 to 1,035 millibars over the region. Our winds are variable, force 2 to 4. The sea is slight, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint Jean Cap for 1,028 millibars. And the outlook for Friday, clear skies, force 1 to 3 variable winds, calm seas, and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are northeasterly, force 3 to 5. The sea is slight to moderate. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,028 millibars. And the outlook for Friday, uh, clear skies, force 2 to 4. Variable winds, slight seas, and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. And this wonderful weather continues. Clear skies, light variable winds, temperatures 14 to 16 degrees today. Overnight lows 4 to 6 degrees on the coast, minus 2 degrees inland with clear skies. Friday in the stars weekend, clear skies, highs of 12 to 15 degrees. I was uh, driving sort of, um, well, near Antibes yesterday and the sun, the sunset glinting off the mountains was absolutely spectacular yes, yesterday. Beautiful sunsets at the moment. Uh, reports say the snow isn't great, though. You went up to Oron, didn't you? I did, but that was a while ago. It was okay. good. It yeah, was good. apparently it was like it's not so good day. at the moment. So, Warmer temperatures and no sun, no snow. Makes for pretty poor skiing. Slushy, apparently. It oh, is. OK. Plenty mm. of outbreak ski, though. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. 
A recent study has revealed that just 17 Britons have died of cardiac arrest during sex over the past three decades. What a way to go, though, eh? St George's University of London researchers collected data of nearly 7,000 sudden cardiac deaths between 94 and 2000. Roughly 0.2% of the victims died during sex or within an hour after. The majority of deaths involved middle-aged men with no history of heart problems. A random cardiac arrest when the heart suddenly stops was the most common cause of death. Experts argued the findings should reassure millions living with heart conditions that having sex doesn't pose a significant risk to their health. Better get on with it then. You're up to date. The news is on the website, radioradio.mc. Songs that don't appear in the lyrics of the song, as chosen by Sarah this morning. Song titles. Song titles, yes. Song titles, sorry. Uh, Graham, Stereophonics Dakota. Brilliant. Uh, Chris says Fleetwood Mac Albatross. There's no words in that, so that's all right. Uh, David says you said brain damage, Sarah, so I'll raise you sheep. By Pink Floyd. Okay, well yeah. done. Uh, Jan says Nirvana Lithium. Uh, Mark says David Bowie Cat People. Although it is in brackets putting out fire with gasoline, which he does say in the song, but that's in. Um, Pam says Scenes from an Italian Restaurant by Billy Joel. And uh, Emma says Pig Bag. And Papa's got a brand new pig bag, which is okay because it's pretty much an instrumental as well. 